You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are continuing our international series today. We head to the Dominican Republic. Looking forward to learning more about the Lord's work there today. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. Jonathan Nauman, serving the Lord in the Dominican Republic. Dr. Nauman, thanks for being our guest on The Coffee Hour. My pleasure. So share with us, it's been a while since we've chatted. Share with us, please, the the story of how the Lord led you to serve in the Dominican Republic. Well, I although I was born in America, I was I was ordained in England because at a very early age I was interested in serving abroad. It's kind of a, a family tradition, it seems, almost subconsciously, that that ordained uh, pastors in the Nauman family would leave the place where they were born to serve on foreign soil. My great-grandfather was born in Dresden, Germany, and and went to America. And my grandfather was born in America and went to Cuba. My father was born in Cuba, went to America. I was born in America, went to England. (laughs) That's amazing. I feel like that would be a really neat map. Like, we need a visual for that, Dr. (laughs) Nauman. Can you provide a visual Uh, for that? Yeah, I'm sure it's somebody's markers. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 it carries on with the next generation. All of my children have left, especially the ones in ministry, have left the nation where they were born. The two who are pastors were born in Scotland. One went to Sri Lanka and the other one is in New York. So, yeah, it's still carrying on <laughs> with the next generation. <laughs> That is fantastic. How did you how did you end up in the Dominican Republic then? Are you going to an even even different? Yes, I I have to say I was recruited. Somebody, you know, knew that I had a, a background in missions and and I was pursued for this position as my wife Cheryl as well, who is a deaconess. Um, and has served for a long time, even in America, as the president of the Concordia Deaconess Conference that she founded back in the late 1970s. So she was very much pursued for this position, working with deaconesses. And being married to, to me, I, I had to, I was part of the package. <laughs> So tell us about uh, the work that that you get to do and that your wife gets to do in the Dominican Republic. A lot of really good stuff happening there. Yes, this is kind of a golden age for publishing uh, classic Lutheran materials in Spanish. And Cheryl is very much involved in a project to uh, digitalize these these translations into Spanish for clergy and lay people, Lutherans all over the region of Latin America and the Caribbean. This project helps pastors, particularly with limited financial resources, to have a substantial library at their disposal in in a digital form. Tell us more about the ways that you've been given to serve there. What do you get to do on a day-to-day basis? 
Well, I'm sort of involved in book, the old style library books. I'm the director of the seminary library, and we're dealing with thousands of um, hard copy books in English mostly and Spanish. And um, so that's part of my work. I teach at the seminary as well on their faculty as a theological uh, professor. And also I'm the missionaries chaplain. I, I provide pastoral care to the missionaries around the region. And uh, not just the English speakers now, we've got missionaries who are in an alliance with us from other countries that speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of uh, several different hats that you get to wear. Tell us more about the seminary, the students that are there. I know we've talked about it before, but it's been a little while. Tell us about the seminary and, and who the seminary serves. Yes, the, the seminary has nine residential students at the moment from seven different countries. So that's amazing. We don't actually have any Dominicans. We've got, at the moment, we've got uh, men from Bolivia and Venezuela and, you know, other countries like that, Peru, Chile, but we don't have any Dominicans. But we do have also even more students who tune into our lectures by Zoom. And they that's a larger body. I, 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 I'm not very good with, with figures off the top of my head, and uh, I should have anticipated that question, but it's got to be double digits anyway in, in other countries. What does theological education look like for these students? It's very similar to the theological programs in other countries, particularly small seminaries like the one in England, uh, Westfield House, where there's a tutorial system where sometimes uh, a man will just have one professor that's dealing with him one-on-one, -on -one, or St. Catharines in Canada, where they have a small student body. So we're talking about small class sizes, very uh, close supervision and mentoring. But the actual curriculum is, is very like Fort Wayne or St. Louis. Greek and Hebrew are used. There's systematics, there's history of doctrine, there's um, pastoral theology that I teach. I tend to teach courses in, in uh, pastoral theology and worship leadership. We also have a vicarage, which is now at the end of uh, their time of study. And that usually is more than one year. I know in America, it's just one year. Here, it may easily be two years. Do many of these students end up going back to their home countries to serve, or or what are what are the what's the outlook for these students once once they graduate from seminary and then go through their vicarage? Yes, that's a good question. It varies. Mm. We have a number of Venezuelan students, but for a number of reasons, they don't really want to go back to Venezuela, and the church there couldn't support them. So we have. 
a pastor or two in, in this country who are Venezuelan. And we even have a Venezuelan pastor in Spain where it's more likely that he'd be able to be um, paid to be a pastor or get a job as a pastor than in Venezuela. Our men have, I suppose, like English-speaking seminaristas, a, a choice of countries in which they can serve these days. They could go back to their own country, but it's just as likely that they'll find um, a parish in some other country. In addition to theological education and teaching at the seminary, are there other ways that you get to serve and support the serve in the Lord's work there in the Dominican Republic? <laughs> well, I do end up sitting at a keyboard and playing uh, a musical keyboard, like a digital piano, and playing for the church services. For example, this morning I played at the seminary where I take turns with other musicians doing that. I preach at local churches in Spanish, which is not my <laughs> native language by any means. And also we, we have some English services going on a monthly basis, and I would be taking part in those as well. What have you in, enjoyed most about making this transition from your life in England, your life in the States, to uh, now life in the Dominican and the, the culture there? Yeah, that that's a question. That's a good question. I I like the exotic location. It's not easy, but I I like learning a new language and dealing with people, uh, and even learning a new liturgy because the Lutheran service book is is far different from in in many ways musically, principally uh, different from what we had in in America and what uh, I had in England. So, yeah, I suppose if you want to talk about what, what I enjoy, I, I just enjoy the, the exotic surroundings, the adventure, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> the adventure of, of serving somewhere tropical. Yes. Well, we have more to learn about how the Lord has given uh, the Reverend Dr. Jonathan Nauman to serve in the Dominican Republic, and also learning from him about how uh, Deaconess Dr. Cheryl Nauman serving there as well. Hopefully, we'll have the chance to talk with her in the near future as well. So we'll continue the conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Reverend Dr. Jonathan Nauman, serving the Lord in the Dominican Republic as part of our international series here on The Coffee Hour. 
Dr. Nauman, we've learned a little bit about how the Lord has given you to teach in the seminary in the Dominican Republic and other ways that you get to serve alongside your partners in the mission there with music and, and other ways. Share with us a little bit more about how the past year has been challenging. I know we've you know, been talking with missionaries now for, for quite a while this year and learning about some of the challenges they face, particularly with the pandemic. How has that impacted how you've been given to serve? Well, it, it's, it, it made it necessary for me to become more familiar with media, with leading services in front of a camera. And so I, I did that. I, if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see all of those many, many uh, services that were done during the pandemic. The one thing that couldn't happen, which was quite dramatic for me really, was not having Holy Communion services. And that went on for the longest period in my life, really, since I was confirmed to go that long without receiving Holy Communion. But that was one of those things. But God is gracious, and I was able to be kept <laughs> alive spiritually despite that rather trying period. I'm happy to say that it's kind of over here in, in this country. I was noticing today at the parochial school how some children were wearing masks and others not, and they, you just wear masks in places of business like department or I should say supermarkets and things like that, but and in churches, but otherwise lots of people not wearing masks and going about in as though life were back to normal here anyway. Mm -hmm. How was the life at the seminary? affected in the last year of doing, trying to do all of the, the teaching and the, the theological education with, with these students from different countries. How was that affected in the last year? Well, we had just completed this uh, beautiful building, particularly the third story, which contained the uh, conference rooms and classrooms and faculty offices and kitchen and so forth. And then it was all closed for a year. Basically, like our regional office, nobody went in. It was completely dormant. And one time it was even robbed. So apparently thieves didn't mind the pandemic. But we, we did have to have lectures recorded uh, from home. I have an office in my accommodation, missionary accommodation here and and I did, I even, when I was visiting America, I even did a course every day for students because on Zoom, you can be anywhere, can't you? <laughs> well, anywhere that you have internet. decent internet, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think many of us learned that in the last year. Oh, yes. <laughs> How reliable is your connection? <laughs> it's, it's the challenge we all faced. Well, mercifully, we've got a pretty reliable connection is as reliable as any of the infrastructure is down here. We lose power almost every day, but we have a backup battery, which keeps things like internet going. And we lose water 
uh, every two weeks we have to have drinking water delivered. Well, even bathing water has to be delivered by a truck because um, the pipes, which are only one inch in diameter, are, are either broken or not receiving any water from the city. So the infrastructure is really hit and miss down here, but we get used to that. What would you say were blessings that have come out of the challenges that we faced in the last year? Have you seen uh, blessings? Well, the um, b- blessings out of the pandemic or? <laughs> yes, yeah, over the, the, the pandemic and the challenges we faced in the last year. Have you seen ways that, that God has provided or maybe something we've learned yes. through these challenges? Well, it's kind of hard to find an upside to a pandemic and 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 all of that. I, I suppose it's focused the mind a bit, you know, made you realize how precious face-to-face contact is, which, you know, is now just coming back. So I, I, I would say that would be an upside, an appreciation for other people and, and being together. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a little bit of what Cheryl has been able to do. Can you tell us a little bit more about her work, uh, especially with the the deaconesses that are down in there in the the DR? Yes, she is organizing um, what, what are called mercy conferences in various countries. She has a budget. She, she's in communication with speakers and people who could host these mercy conferences. And so they, they've they been happening virtually during the pandemic. But before that, they were in person and hundreds of people throughout the region take have taken part. And she's uh, organized those. They uh, are about a range of subjects from uh, personal outreach to disaster management and because we do get those, everything from hurricanes to um, to earthquakes, and well, I suppose the pandemic was a bit of a disaster in its own way, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, certainly. So yes, she's she organizes those things, and she does work with deaconesses. There's a small little cohort of them on this island. Um, some American ones who are part of the Concordia Deaconess Conference, and also some Dominican ones who who are not a member of that American conference, but organized uh, in their own right with their own sort of red uniforms, which are different from the blue uniforms the American deaconesses wear, and the work that they do here. I think she'd probably be better suited to describe that work than I, but it's work of mercy. It's work with children. It's arranging things like vacation Bible schools during summer holidays from school and things like that. So we have just a couple of minutes left, but I always have to ask the fun question when we're <laughs> when we're talking about different cultures. And you've had the the privilege of experiencing multiple cultures. You mentioned earlier you like being in this tropical location where the Lord has given you to serve. Other aspects of the culture, I, I always have to ask the food question. <laughs> have you discovered food that you like in the Dominican culture? 
Yes, that's a, a good question. You know, in, in America, you've got Kentucky fried chicken, but down here, everybody fries chicken and it all gives Colonel Sanders a run for his money, I can tell you, because <laughs> it's all very well done. They really know how to fry things here. And here we are in the coffee hour. I, I need, I was going to mention that coffee is something that is actually like uh, tobacco, one of the things that are produced in in the Dominican Republic. So they have their own coffee, giving Starbucks a run for its money down here. So yeah, basic things like chicken and rice and various fruits. Today they they served a, a potato salad, which is quite nice. Imagine an American warm potato salad with red chunks of beets in it, giving the whole thing kind of a pink appearance. And they call that a Russian potato salad here. But I don't know whether how Russian it is. But yeah, it's, it's full of surprises. I'll tell you what, you know, you asked me what's my favorite. In, in America, I would often have to ask, is it flame grilled or not? You know, the difference between Whoppers and Big Macs. But down here, Many, many things are cool, are cooked a la Parisia, which means on a flame grill, or asado style, or churrascaria style. And so uh, there's no shortage of flame grilling. It goes on all over the place. So that is my favorite, personally. <laughs> I'm going to have to go get some flame grilled something once we're done here. Are there are there other aspects of of the culture that are interesting or, or maybe uh, quite different from living in America or in England? Well, I'd I'd say that there's a kind of relaxed atmosphere here that I enjoy, especially at my time of life. I'm 64 now, and and people down here in the, in the Caribbean are very relaxed. They, you know, sometimes when Americans hear that the people here own, they, they earn only a few dollars a day, they think, oh, they must be sad all the time. But in fact, they've learned to be happy on just a few dollars a day, <laughs> which is, is quite an enviable quality when you think about it. All, it takes very little to make them happy. And I think we can learn lessons from them. They're quite a cheerful people, despite the fact that they have almost nothing. They, they don't take traffic laws very seriously, which you would think that would be very dangerous. But and as far as I know, they... They just kind of flout their people don't wear seat belts. They'll pile four or five people on a motorcycle. They'll cram nine people into a five-seater car. It's just, it's just very chaotic on the roads, animals crossing and dogs everywhere, people on horses and, and mules and cows even on the roads. But it all makes for kind of a relaxed sort of you got to laugh and not take it too seriously atmosphere, which I, I've come to like, actually, um, as long as you don't drive at night, because then it can be pretty dangerous with uh, <laughs> bad roads and no, no lights. People, people riding motorcycles wearing black, and they're pretty dark themselves with no lights on, it's I just avoid it. 
Dr. Nauman, how can we stay informed about the Lord's work in the Dominican Republic and keep up, keep up with what's going on with you and Deaconess Cheryl? Yes, we've we've got a number of Facebook pages. Do you have to actually join Facebook to look at those pages? I don't know, but you you can you can look at the lcms.org pages. Just type in Dominican Republic or type in my name or my wife Cheryl Nauman's name and and all of our adventures in Latin America and the Caribbean will come up. So, yeah, it's really quite easy these days to to do that. There's video footage that can be seen as well as as lots of pictures. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Jonathan Nauman, serving the Lord in the Dominican Republic. Dr. Nauman, thank you for being our guest on The Coffee Hour. Well, it's been delightful. (laughs) And you're all welcome to visit us down here if you feel inclined. (laughs) You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere.